Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything. Get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It has been um, an interesting, let's just say, uh, 48 hours or so um, coming to you guys on Sunday night here. After we had just been talking to you guys on our live stream Um, and, you know, some interesting things have happened ever since that live stream, which um, led to probably the first thing that Richie and I are most frustrated about, which is the injury to Clayton Keller. And uh, to talk about that and much more with me. As always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, how you doing? Hello, Corey. Um, I am a bit bummed out tonight on this Sunday, not only because of Clayton Keller and his broken uh, leg, but I'm also bummed out because um, the Grammy Awards are absolutely 100% rigged. They're a joke. And Evermore did not win Album of the Year like it should have. And that happened several hours ago, and I'm still very bummed about that. Yeah, I was watching it, and as I was watching it, I kept thinking to myself, oh, here it is. This is going to be very reliant on the mood of Richie for tonight's podcast. And when it didn't happen, I was like... Hey Richie, you wanna you wanna start the podcast a little bit later? Give you some time to eat some dinner, relax a little bit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I mean I was also kind of disappointed, but part of it is because I didn't really know the album that won. Yeah, neither did I. I don't think a whole like a lot of people did. I don't like you, three of the biggest albums of the year, Evermore. Um, Billie Eilish's um, Happier Than Ever and then Olivia Rodrigo's Sour all got beat out by John Baptiste, who people may know from. He's the band leader on the Stephen Colbert show. But other than that, like I don't know anybody that actually saw it out and listened to his album. I've listened to some John Baptiste stuff in the past. He's good. He's the jazz. He's very much jazz influenced. And um, he's a great musician. But I don't know if it should have won album of the year. And uh, I I tweeted out multiple times today. Um, I said, happy Grammys Day. I'm speaking an Evermore album of the year went into existence. Um, I also tweeted out later today. I said, well, that was a bit shocking album of the year. Hashtag justice for Evermore. Uh, Friend of the podcast, Jordan, also uh, tried to um, tweet out and speak it into existence. She tweeted out a summoning circle. Forevermore to win album of the year. And so both of us tried our best, but failed miserably. You two try very hard. You've also tried to get numerous coyotes, um, different awards by, you know, starting hashtags for them and making signs for them. You two, I, I should basically, when people need someone to just be complete hype men and women on Twitter for someone, there should be like a fee that people charge you and then you can start that campaign because you guys do that all the time. <laughs> it's very true. We did it with, uh, we've done it for years now with Darcy Kemper. We began that Darcy for Vesna campaign, gosh, 
three years ago now, and we still are speaking it into existence to this day. Hashtag Darcy for Vesna. Then last year, Jordan came up with the hashtag Chick Norris, C-H-Y-C-H-N-O-R-R-I-S, to try and campaign for uh, Jacob Chikrin to get into the Norris conversation. And unfortunately, he did not make it in. Um, he's, of course, now uh, hurt on his way back um, from his latest injury. But um, And then we, we used that as a way to make jokes about it. Like, we started making Chick Norris jokes. So, But instead of making Chuck Norris jokes, we changed out the Chuck Norris for Chick Norris. <laughs> and that seemed to gain some steam. It was even retweeted. By, I believe, Rich Naren and the Coyotes PR team. They found it. And they started to get on the bandwagon of Chick Norris. So we started that too. And then we also, hashtag Justice Forevermore. Did not work out. But, but in our hearts, Evermore. Still one album of the year. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's it. It is. It stays in your guys' heart. And that's all that really matters. I, um, it was funny. I actually got really disappointed, um, in record of the year because I really thought happier than ever, um, should have won because of the fact that it's such a good song and it's so dynamic. And it reminds me of like old classic rock songs where it could be two separate songs, but it's one. And, you know, Queen used to do that a, a lot of, I could actually list off a lot of different um, classic rock bands that used to always do that. And I thought it was a really nice throwback to that. It was really well done. And so it, it is kind of sad that, um, that that one didn't win because I genuinely thought that one should win. I agree, I agree with you on that one. Um Happier than ever, the album, great, but that song in particular is just like on another level. It is so, so I'm trying to figure out a word to describe it. It's it's very it's a very powerful song. It's basically one big fuck you. Basically it was what it is, a middle finger. And and you can hear like the anger, the true anger in Billy's lyrics and her voice in that song. And you're right. Like once it starts out very slow, but once it gets to the second half of the song, it just knocks you, knocks you off your socks. And having seen that song played live, when I saw Billy back in September, life is beautiful. It just, it's even better as a live song. It's absolutely incredible. And you're right. The fact that it got beat out kind of crap. I don't remember who uh, I'm trying to find out who uh, won that particular award. But you're right. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And Billie Eilish actually delayed her second show here in Phoenix by a day because of the Grammys. She's originally supposed to play Saturday, Sunday, but moved her Sunday show to Monday uh, at Gila River Arena. Both sold out shows. Um, and yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that one too. Because yeah, that's one of my that was one of my favorite songs of the year for sure. Or was it Silk Sonic that won that record of the year? Yes, it was, because I had to explain to Scotty that uh, it, it was, he's like, goes, he goes, that looks like Bruno Mars. And I was like, that's because it is Bruno Mars. So, Shout out to Silk Sonic. They, Silk Sonic is, is pretty great. It's, like you said, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, and that's their, like, kind of 70s soul funk R&B band that they have together. And they're They're good, but they're no Billy. Yeah, no, definitely uh, just they're good, but I definitely think that uh, Billie Eilish definitely should have won that one. But, you know, I, th I think both of us were a little bit disappointed this time around. Yeah, I don't know what I was more disappointed by. I don't know if I was more disappointed by this year's awards or the fact that I'm still butthurt about last year that Harry Styles won for like Song of the Year or whatever for Watermelon Sugar over Taylor Swift winning for um, Cardigan. That still blows my mind to this day. That Despite was... the fact that Taylor did end up winning for Album of the Year last year for Folklore. 
but she got beat out but for 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 watermelon sugar, which is one of the silliest songs I've ever heard. That one I do vividly remember you getting irritated by that one. Yeah, because like I think uh, yeah Taylor got beat out in a lot of other awards that night except for album of the year that she ended up winning. But that one in particular ticked me off because like, and then you move on you move on to this year and Evermore and I feel like. Um, like Evermore as an album is a great album. We've discussed this in the past in this show. I know you aren't as big into it as I am um, because of your, um, because of the genre that it's, that it's in, which is your more kind of folkish, folkish pop kind of indie rock style that she was folklore and Evermore. And the thing that Evermore is like, I hope it doesn't get forgotten about. And I kind of feel like it's gotten has been forgotten about by a lot of people because it came out so close to folklore folklore one album of the year last year. And then four months after she put out evermore, she came out with their first re-release Taylor's version of um, fearless. And so it kind of got, has gotten overshadowed and overlooked and somewhat forgotten about. And so that's part of the reason to bring this full circle. Why, I, I'm all in on the hashtag justice forevermore um, because it, it, it needs to be remembered for what it is, which is a terrific, terrific album. Cause if you remember back to our, our song draft, Corey, I think I ended up picking at least two, if not three songs from evermore on that list. Like I think I picked just the damn season and nobody, no crime for sure. Yes, you did. You, you definitely picked some from there. I, like you said, I, um, I love, Taylor Swift and her work, and I will always allow you to um, fight that fight. I it's just not my style. I don't have a, a problem with her doing that style at all. Like I think she's magnificent and talented in so many different ways. But it just it's not it's not my style of music, which is very very hard for me. I'm a big music person, so it's very hard for something to not be my style. Because I like a little bit of everything. Yes, including including MGK, which we talked about on the live stream. That we, yes, we did indeed get our tickets to MGK. Um, His album I, is number one again. He has back to back number one albums. Yeah, which is like, did you see? Speaking, of, and we're gonna get this is kind of plays into our theme of this episode. Getting to everybody on Twitter being super angry about the most ridiculous stuff. But did you see that people were calling him out because he did a cover version on Howard Stern's show of um, Ariel's from System of a Down? And people were just like roasting him with like how bad it was. And oh, I've not seen it, but I would I would very much be interested in that. I would love to see that. I need to check that out. Yeah, don't don't read the replies. You can watch the performance and the performance is perfectly OK. Um, I don't think it was too bad at all. It wasn't awful. It was perfectly fine. Um, but even before, in the interview, he was like, um, yeah, we haven't even, like, practiced the song. We're just going to do it. <laughs> and the best part it's of the video, Corey, for him. Yeah, the best part of this video is that he's do- he's performing the song. And he's doing it with a joint in his hand, which is, like, perfect. <laughs> it's basically how he spent half his concert when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh he the amount of crap he got for that. I was like, the only thing I was thinking to myself is I don't know why he's ever become everybody's punching bag. But jokes on you people for not liking him because, like you said, is the album is number one, and he's going to be selling out an entire arena uh, tour over the summer. So like jokes on you people for for crapping on Machine Gun Kelly because whatever he's doing, it's working. Oh, yeah. I think there's more people that, well, I think there's some people that are, he's like their guilty pleasure, right? And the fact that like, people like Scotty, Scotty doesn't really understand him as a person, but he likes his music. I think he's interesting as a person. I really like I, I buy into the theatrics of who he is as a person. Um, and so and I and his originality, I just think is is really kind of cool and entertaining. But um, 
Whereas Scotty does not so much, but he loves his music. So he'll defend his music. So I think there's some people that um, he's different and he's his own brand of self and not everyone is always embracing to that. So some people, I think it's their guilty pleasure. And then I think some people, you just don't realize that they're MGK fans, you know? We we say it out here because I don't really care. I'm just gonna like I'm usually kind of an open book that way. Um, it doesn't really bother me, and I also just find it very entertaining. So yeah, I I think there's more MGK fans, more closeted MGK fans than anyone um, likes to admit. But quickly before we move on to Coyote stuff, um, your your quick review of his most recent album that just came out last week um okay so when i first listened to the lyrics of this album it seemed a little bit like a cry for help um it's very funny because when i was describing it to scotty and i had thought of this too and then when he first listened to the album he said it right away um if anyone has ever seen rick and morty which is also a, a big thing that we're a fan of massive Rick and Morty fans. Um, there is an episode that's called tiny Rick where, um, he ends up doing this song. That's like a cry for help. And, uh, the first thing Scotty said is he goes, this is like a tiny Rick album. And it kind of is, it is kind of a complete cry for help. Um, but I, it, I don't know if it is, or if it's more of like a therapeutic thing for him, but it's a really solid album. Once you get past the fact that it is a, a little bit of a cry for help, it's a really good album. I still like um, Tickets to My Downfall better, but I still think it's a really solid second album. Um, I I was consistently listening to it while you guys were in Tahoe. Once Scotty started listening to it, every single day he's been listening to it downstairs. So um, there's some songs that I just love and some that I'm that took me a while to get into, but like head to toe on the album, I don't think there is a genuinely bad song. I, I actually I actually like I actually like this album mainstream sellout better than um Better than his first album, Tickets to My Downfall. Really? Yes. And I think the, the reason why is because he brings in more collaborators. And, like, he has Willow in for a song. He has Lil Wayne in. Um, Black Bear. A couple others. And I think that just gives it some... a little Makes it... Gives it a different sound from a lot of other punk albums. Because that's... A lot of times, like, with punk music in a way, like... They kind of a lot of times sound the same. And that was my yeah. biggest problem with, with Tickets to My Downfall is like after a while, the music to me just kind of all got lumped together and there wasn't really any difference in the song. So I really haven't gone back and listened to Tickets to My Downfall that all that often other than, you know, listening to, you know, Bloody Valentine basically. And that's about it. But with like with this one, I was listening to Mainstream Sellout um, actually, I think yesterday morning again on my way to work. And I was like, dang, this is actually pretty dope. I actually really, really like this this album more so than I thought I would for being a punk album. Because I think the first time I listened to it, I was listening to it on the plane coming back from Tahoe. And I even texted him, was like, geez, this album is dark. <laughs> like, Yeah, after you get past the fact that it's a little bit of a cry for help, it's a really solid album. <laughs> yeah, there's some good songs. Like, Paper Cuts is great. Terrific. I love Paper Cuts. It was a single that came out released really beforehand. Emo Girl, I'm a big fan of that song too. Like Willow, that collaboration with Willow is really fun. And then you know what's funny? The other song that I actually really like on the album, and for whatever reason it actually works out really well, is Drug Dealer with Lil Wayne. So that was one that I had midway through. I gave, this is how I am. I listened to the album twice, and then I gave my list from beginning to end to uh richie and scotty in case they wanted to only listen to a couple songs and like get like into it and drug dealer was somewhere in the middle in there 
it has become quickly one of my favorites. It was one that had to grow on me a little bit, but now it's completely one of my favorites. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm going to continue to keep listening to it. Um, I've only listened to it, I think, all the way through twice now, I'm pretty sure. So um, my thoughts will continue to evolve on the topic, as you do with any album. Um, and I, I, and even um, the new Coin album, too, which just came out on the same exact day as as MGK's album. I thought the same thing about the Coin album. I listened to it the first time through and was like, man, I don't know if I really like this or not. Uh, outside of a couple diff- couple songs. And then I listened to it again. I was like, all right, I'm starting to dig it. And now that I've listened to it like six or seven times through, I'm like, man, this is actually a really dope album. I really like it. I pretty much like every song on the album. So things change as you listen to things more and more and your um, appreciation for it develops because you just like watching a movie again and again, like you find different ways to enjoy it. So I, I will listen to mainstream sellout again more and more depending on my mood depending on the mood like if i just want to get like super pumped up for something then that's that's usually my go-to like i was listening to it in the morning the other day i was like i need to listen to something to wake me up machine gun kelly was that that pick for me so uh concerts coming up in july so i have plenty of time to listen to it more so that way i can i can um digest the lyrics so that way i can sing along to the lyrics with you at the at the show in July. My recommendation for anyone who has not heard the album and wants to just listen to one song off the album that's not one of the singles that's like already been dropped. Fake Love Don't Last. Favorite song off the album. Bar none. Love it. Um, and then by the fact that both me, you, and Scotty love Drug Dealer, I would say that's another one. But again, it also kind of had to grow on me. Um, a little bit, but part of it could be too the throwback of Lil Wayne. I think somewhere hits a soft spot in the soul. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. Well, yeah, let us know what you think of uh, the Machine Gun Kelly album. If you're a fan of coin, like Jordan and I are, let us know what you think of the new coin album. Corey, I know you, you're not into the big, you're not big into the indie pop kind of genre as much as like Jordan and I are but I'd uh if you want some to listen to something a little bit different a little bit more poppy a little bit more feel good go and listen to the coin album I think you you might actually you might actually like it you might actually like it I'll have to see that it, like I said it's very strange that there's music that I wouldn't really enjoy but the indie folk world is just not my world I don't know why. I mean, like, I think I've talked about punk music enough on here that people are just like, is there anything that I live in outside of punk music? And it's actually a lot of different things. Um, my mom is, grew up on, on a farm out in the country, so she just listens to straight-up country music. So, like, 2000s country I really enjoyed. Um, not so much country music anymore. Um Classic rock was a big thing growing up. My whole family loves blues music quite a bit. So I also know a bunch of blues. There's a lot of different music that I listen to. Folk just happens to be one that I don't. And I don't know why. I wish I could get into it more. Because um, I do genuinely enjoy like a good coffee shop, like chill acoustics vibes. I just can't get into folk. And I don't know why. I'm sorry, Richard. That's so that's to that's totally okay. It's totally okay. I get it. Um I I like I said I'm I I tend to like it more so than than not because uh as you know, I much I am a very like cool chill person and that's why it fits my vibe most of the time. Is that most like indie indie folk music like that? Like um Taylor's album Evermore and Folklore um Big Red Machine is another one. Um, like those type of that type of music, like I can dig in the at, at the um, in the right right mindset. But uh, anyway, now that we've been talking about music for twenty five minutes, as we do on this show, uh, let's talk about DraftKings. Everybody, make sure you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code THPN and 
you can get $150 in free bets. How do you do it? All you got to do is you bet just $1 on any team. And if that team wins, the $150 in free bets are yours. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21-plus restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And, uh, Corey, we left off our last live stream talking about the injury to Clayton Keller. We were very shocked by it. It it threw us off of the live stream, um, kind of brought a downer to us on the live stream. in the third period of that game is Clayton Keller took a really hard crash into the boards. And we found out a couple days later that he ended up fracturing his leg. So he's going to be out. Um, I believe the diagnosis was uh, for the next uh, several months. So uh, we, hopefully he's going to be back for uh, training camp in September. That is what, five, six months from now. Uh, But, man, he was having the best season of his career. You and I were both very excited by his development this season. And it's just so unfortunate that's how it had to end. It was such a freak injury um, as he was kind of chasing a puck down low, um, kind of toe-picked a little bit. And, and yeah, he ended up breaking the hardest bone in your your leg to break, completely fracturing it. And uh, he's out of surgery. And – Surgery went well. So can't wait to see Clint Keller back on the ice, and we hope he makes a full and speedy recovery. Yeah, that one just sucked. To literally get into this point where Clayton Keller was having a season that we have been looking forward to him having for a long time, even during a really crappy season for the team, it was kind of one of the bright lights, one of the shining lights of all of this stuff. And I feel like since it's happened, there's been a lot of negativity that's happened afterwards. And it is just really fortunate, really unfortunate because of the fact that that's not a light injury to have. It's going to take a lot of time to recover from it in like in just the sense of having that bone heal, but considering the fact that the femur is the largest bone in your body and he broke it all the way through. So there's all of the healing time for that. And then there's the actual like rehab recovery after that. It's just going to be a long time for him and just really sucks on so many levels. That's the last thing we would have liked to have seen. And, um, God, just shitty to see. Yeah, and um, since then, the Coyotes got shut out in their first game without Clayton Keller against the Ducks, which we will get to just just around the corner here in just a second. And then they ended up coming back and they ended up winning in overtime against the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday. So, um, yeah, just a, just a shitty loss, and everybody in the Coyotes community was wrapped their arms around Clayton Keller 110%, um, and uh, and even the NHL community, too, after they, they saw what happened to him. Um, it was just a, just, a, just a true, true bummer. And, uh, again, like I said, speedy recovery, Clayton. We uh, can't wait to see you back on the ice again next season. And, um yeah, just an unfortunate end to his his season um, and to the uh, end of the Coyote season as well. But in uh, better news, Corey, before we move on to our, our main topic, which we'll get to in just a second, we do need to mention this because I want to mention it before I forget about it. Congratulations to the Arizona Kachinas. By the time you're hearing this, you will know whether or not they are actually champions in the U.S. in USA Hockey or not because as of recording, all three – Arizona Gachina's teams are going to be playing in the USA Hockey National Championship Finals. The uh, 14U, the 16U, and the 19U teams all won the semifinals, so they're all going to be playing for a championship. And how flippin' awesome is that to get the state of Arizona, to get girls hockey 
And to honor Matt Schott, too, to have all three of his teams, all of his girls playing for a championship, it's just – it's such an amazing story. And good luck to all three teams. Again, by the time you're hearing this, you'll probably know what happened. Um, hopefully all three teams come home with championships in tow. Yeah, I mean, what a Cinderella story. What a the, – literally the best way to honor Matt Schott. And I think it's so cool that – all three of these teams, the 14U beat Snow King Junior Thunderbirds three to two in a shootout. The 16Us beat the Adirondack North Stars four three in overtime to get to the championship game, which for us is is on tomorrow Monday. Um, and then the 19Us beat the Philly Junior Flyers four to two. So it's just amazing that uh, it's gotten to this point that they were able to win in such close games there for the 14s and the 16s and that they are going to all three have a chance at a clean sweep there. That is amazing. And I'm sure Shaw is just looking down with such pride and excitement on for all of them. What a great way to honor his memory. I just wish there was a documentary crew following them for all of this, because this would have been one hell of a documentary. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And again, uh, the game times are 6, 7, and 8 a.m. on Monday. So again, you'll probably know what happened by this point in time. But um, yeah, we'll be watching. We will be watching as best we can and rooting on all three teams as they play for the national championship and i think we may have i may have mentioned this uh I, oh i mentioned this last week on on a uh, on a freaks broadcast but um not only are they all playing in the national championships for the cha- for the uh, championship games but uh next year all three all of the arizona kachina's teams are going to be moving up at a tier they're all going to be tier one starting next year as well. So everything is looking good for the Arizona Kachinas right now. And we absolutely love to see that Corey and I build big supporters of girls and women's hockey here in the state, as I'm sure a lot of you are too. So good luck girls tomorrow. Can't wait to uh, welcome you back home, hopefully with championships in tow. All right, let's uh, wrap up the show here, Corey, with our main topic of discussion here. We've been waiting 30 minutes to hear it. But I got everybody on social media fired up. Everybody in the hockey world fired up. It got even got a mention on awfulannouncing.com, one of my favorite websites for the sports media world, um, which is the scrum, the cross check, and the comment from Tyson Nash heard around the hockey world that got people fired up. Um, Corey, you were the one that kind of tipped me off to this. I, I I really hadn't seen it until you know you and I were talking about it on Saturday. But um, kind of recap what happened as best you can. I know you have some strong thoughts on the reaction to it as well. Yeah. So basically, a lot of the stuff that had happened there, you know, the the Coyotes were down five nothing, and. Uh, Trevor Zegers was poking at uh, the Coyotes goaltender, and so obviously he was then checked, and it it escalated essentially from there. And basically, long story short, you end up having Jay Beagle hitting uh, Troy Terry, and then you have Zegers giving an interview afterwards um, saying how fucking embarrassing it was and all these things. And then... You have uh, Tyson Nash talking about, um, you know, if basically that they were in, in more or less words, because he had, he had uh, kind of talked about it again later about how they were taunting and, um, you know, rubbing in their face that they were up five nothing. And so, you know, that's what you would expect to happen in that situation that caused its own uproar. And then you also had, um, you know, injuries to Troy Terry that was coming out too. And his, 
his talent and, you know, people were then really just shitting on Jay Beagle for it. And it turned into this really massive just circulation of people throwing out a lot of opinions about a lot of things. And I felt there was a lot of miscommunication in a lot of this. There was a lot of assumption. And there was also um, a lot of people throwing in things that were irrelevant to it. I think the thing that lit me up the most about all of it was the fact that the arena situation kept on getting thrown in and the arena situation kept on getting thrown into something that's completely unrelated um, by people who are journalists, who have a blue check mark, who are supposed to be stating the facts and really bringing this stuff out there. And it's just, it's funny because Richie and I, as we've said before, we, we went to journalism school. We know what, what kind of an oath you take as a journalist and the fact that they're just throwing kind of an, an agenda out there of what they were just wanting to go off of, which is the, you know, the fact that the coyotes will be playing in ASU's arena just felt what, what was the point in that? And actually, frankly, very unethical for them to really just be throwing that out there. And uh, it was quite appalling to me on a lot of levels because of the fact that they there was a lot of what people were trying to get out there was being missed because it became the same shit on the coyote spree that it always turns into. And they were missing a lot of what their own points were. And I guess I will quickly kind of say my point on all of this. And um, this is obviously just my opinion on it. And, and you may agree or disagree. But the series of events that happened in that game, and you can watch them happen. There's, there's video of it out there all over the internet, all over Twitter for sure, um, of what happened. In a normal circumstance, no one would have given two shits about this. As we all know, things start on the internet in one place, and then they snowball often into something else, and it's like a game of telephone. At some point, the message gets missed. I, you know, I think there's always a point in a, in a game where um, if there's taunting and um, chirping, that there is a point where fights do occur. But I do think in this situation, anytime a team is up five to zero and they're poking and slashing at a goaltender, that team will always defend that. It's just the kind of the way that it always always has been and, and everyone's very used to. Everyone sees that happen on a regular basis. If you have a problem with that, that is a completely separate separate discussion. But so that would happen. And then it snowballed from there, which also happens very regularly in the NHL where, you know, one person gets cross-checked. Easily, the Ducks could have let that go and then could have just allowed the penalty to happen, gone on the power play, but instead they decided to get into it more and start into a fight. And that fight led to, you know, one of their star players being hurt in it in the process, which is never is never a good thing for a, a player, especially a star player, to be hurt. I completely understand that. But a lot of this wouldn't have, I think, gotten to this point if it wouldn't have circulated from outrage about Tyson Nash's comments on it on the broadcast. The way that it was said, I don't think was, um, I, I don't think he said it in a way that it really came through um, properly, for sure. But 
a lot of the ways that he was speaking in it were very much in a way of back in the day when he played the game, this is how it was. And a lot of people were calling him a dinosaur and and ripping into him in that way. If you have a problem with that, then it needs to be addressed in the fact of what do you as fans and you as media want as color commentators? Because the, the history of color commentating and the standard that they've created is it for to be old players that often have old mentalities of how the game is played. The game will always be changing and it doesn't always change with the color commentators because what they're color commentating on is their own history with the game. And a lot of times people would say, oh, well, we can't have a female color commentator. We can't have a uh, color commentator that's a journalist and not an old player because we want to hear what their history with the game was. So I I think there should be color commentators on every single level, but you would that would need to be a change within the um within the expectations of a color commentator in general. Then secondly, when it goes in when he goes into the fact of um you know the whole thing he he said skilled skill what was it skilled up in the first initial talk. And then he talks later to Craig Morgan. You can see that also um, off of Craig Morgan's Twitter. Um, He explains it more that he was talking more about the fact that he's in between the benches and he heard, um, you know, what was going on with the taunting and the chirping and whatnot. And that's what, that's what it led to. That is not actually what Jay Beagle had come out to say. Jay Beagle had come out to say that he was more doing it to defend his goaltender. And yes, they felt embarrassed, but, you know, he would have done that anyways. So I don't know if it's actually really relevant in that situation, um, what he was saying. I think it was just something that he saw and he spoke to, but it didn't, he didn't necessarily know if that was why it happened. He was just saying back in his day, that's what would happen. And, um, I think a lot of it, there is great parts to have concern about. Always finding a way to make the NHL safer and make the NHL um, something where you don't have to see players come out of, you know, playing their careers and ending up with CTE or any lifelong injuries is always a good thing because you should always remember that these people, that these players are people. But I also think there's a lot of miscommunication from point A to point B of where this all went. And because of the fact that everyone was so busy either targeting Jay Beagle or or targeting Tyson Nash, a lot of individuals' um, points weren't ever really coming across because it became more of a let's fire Tyson Nash, let's suspend Jay Beagle, rather than... um, someone standing up for their view of, you know, I think the silent, but mm, silent, but known um, idea of, you know, defending your goaltender or, um, you know, starting fights with players because um, they're taunting you or, um, you know, that, color commentators shouldn't be saying anything that would lead to violence. Like whatever your thing is, that was, I think my biggest thing is everyone has their, their right to make, try to make a difference in the world. Absolutely. You should make a difference in the world, but by attacking other people about it and not ever really getting your message across because you're too busy trying to get people to retweet you because you want to attack someone and that's that's great clickbait for you is really pointless and all it did was you know attack two individuals and bring out a lot of trolls against an organization that's already trying to do their best and really try and keep this game 
in Arizona where you have a lot of fans and you have a lot of growth. We were literally just talking about three women's teams that are now going to be in championship games tomorrow. That's a big deal. And it's large in part because of the fact that the Arizona Coyotes are here. Matt Schott came from the Arizona Coyotes. That's who he worked for. So you have to understand in the fact that we all have a power to make a difference. And if we think something is wrong, we should make a difference in what in what is going on. But I would not have approached it this way because all it came out with was a bunch of negativity that shouldn't have come out that way. And it got so blown out of proportion into a point where I think any semblance of rationale out of all of this was completely lost. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think you, you said everything pretty much I was going to say too, but I don't really have much to add to what you said other than you to me, I, when I first saw this clip being circulated, I didn't think much of it. I just kind of saw it. I was like, oh, that was kind of a maybe not necessary cross-check from Jay Beagle there late in a game like that. And then I was like, oh, cool, I'll move on. Whatever. It was a 5 nothing game. You're pissed off. You're down 5 nothing. Move on. Whatever. And then people blew it out of proportion, and they just want to make a story out of nothing. Could Tyson have said what he said better? Absolutely. I don't think he was condoning violence and condoning, oh, taking Zegers' head off because he had a sick goal. That's not – I don't think that's what he was saying. He went on and he clarified his comments. And he was basically saying, like, kind of what you were explaining there, which is like, listen, back in my day, um, if there was some sort of retribution in a way, right, where um, if you're showboating, well – you're not going to be able to showboat when I'm on the ice. And Tyson told this story. He was like, listen, my old coach did not put me on the ice late in games because he knew I'd be chirping the other team. And in doing so, he'd be asking for it and asking for for a kerfuffle to happen. So I think things just kind of got lost in translation here. And and then we move on. And then we, we forget about it. But you're right. Like you were talking about the tweet about bringing up the arena size. Like, who cares? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, what that has nothing, nothing to do with the situation. It's just pile. And I think that's a lot of what was happening here. It's just piling on a dead horse with the Coyotes. They're just easy to knock on. They're easy to score points against. And they're easy for clickbait, etc., etc. And now we move on, and guess what? Trevor Zegras and um, Troy Terry are both perfectly fine. The NHL did not offer any supplemental discipline to anybody there, so they didn't see anything go like go cattywampus there that they haven't seen before. And we move on, and people can get over it. And you're right, it was completely blown out, blown out of proportion, but it's Twitter, man. Twitter's just ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> That's why I had initially, the first tweet I said before, I, I, I had tweeted out a couple tweets about it. And uh, and as Richie knows, and probably a lot of people know, I don't often get into full-blown debates on Twitter because it's, it's a loose situation 100% of the time. There's no point in getting to arguments with people um, on Twitter all the time. And so... Um, it took it took me being relatively uh, not agitated, but like it, it took me a little bit of just what is going on here in order for me to tweet out the fact that so many people were just spouting off things just to spout them off. They weren't for any real reason they you know they claim to be trying to you know make them feel selves feel better by looking like they are a hero and standing up for something but they're really not they're just bashing other people with without a cause or will and it doesn't make a difference 
by just getting clickbait. So congratulations, you got, you know, so many retweets and other people to be angry about the same thing. Is that going to make any difference? Is that going to make any rule changes within NHL? Did anyone, you know, is anyone trying to hold Bettman and all of the safety team accountable and say that there should be a change in some sort? Or are you just bitching into the wind to hear yourself talk? And that just drives me a little bit up a wall because of the fact that it's just a a waste of a space of a public platform to be able to use an actual, when you should be outraged, out be outraged for, for change for good. Don't just be outraged because you think it's the popular thing to do. And because everyone thinks it's the fun joke to say, it's the same thing as when you're in a class and, um, you know, someone calls someone fat and then, you know, people continue and everyone laughs. So everyone continually makes fat jokes about someone until they, they believe that they're fat because of the fact that, you know, all these people laugh the first time. So it must be funny. I'll do it so I can feel better about myself and get that same reaction. Obviously they, they, this is a different situation because people were, were coming from a point where they felt that someone else was wrong, but it still does the same thing. If someone didn't have that intention, you've not given them the ability to defend themselves. You've just gone and attacked them full-heartedly without allowing them to explain themselves. It took a, you know, it took a whole day for uh, Tyson Ash to come back about it. And then most people were responding before they even really heard him. And I'm not fully defending what he said. I think a lot of it was uh, misconstrued. Uh, but I think there's a lot of points in this that are very valid. I just wish people would choose to use their voices more wisely. I 100% agree with you on that one. I'm sure Twitter will continue to make something out of nothing over the next few days about this, and then they'll forget about it a week from now because there'll be some other ridiculous NHL story that we all grasped onto for no reason at all. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to this episode of the show. We appreciate you listening in. Um, for letting us chit chat about Taylor Swift for an MGK for 20 minutes, um, <laughs> among other things. Uh, once again, good luck to the Kachinas in their uh, championship games on Monday. And then uh, we will talk to you again soon, Sport Nation. Good night and good hockey, everybody.